can never praise Him enough. You can never praise God exuberant enough. He's worthy. He's worthy of what's happening here right now. Thank the Lord. Remain standing. Let me remind uh, Grace, having a business meeting this evening at 6 o'clock. Remember that. Also, uh, our overcomers, Fish Fry, Tuesday night at 7. You don't want to miss. Uh, Sister Nixon told me we have a good group of folks. There's about 40 people coming, uh, signed up to come uh, Tuesday night. But if you'd like to come, if you're 55 and up or a grandparent, you'll see Sister Nixon, wave your hand. Uh, she'll be happy to take your $5 and put your name down. Thank the Lord. You want your name found, written in the book of fish fry. Thank the Lord. So uh, remember that for Tuesday night. Also, Wednesday night Bible study. Brother Merrill would like for me to announce all of our men listen carefully. We have postponed our work day till March the 5th. Uh, the weather's not real promising, so we've postponed till March the 5th. All of our men remember that. Without any further ado, the past two nights, I can say sincerely, we have sat in heavenly places. God has ministered. God has done uh, just marvelous, marvelous things. And for that, we give him praise. There's been a lot of healing. There's been a lot of restoration. People have, their hope has been restored, uh, confident in their future. God is still on the throne. Brother Holland has absolutely, has allowed the Holy Ghost to enable him to just hit it out of the park. And I give God the glory for that. I appreciate a man that is willing to literally just sell out to the cause and purpose of God. He's left his family and uh, has made tremendous sacrifice to bring to us the ministry that he has brought to us. I want to tell you folks, he makes it look easy, but it's not easy. It's not easy. There's lots of hours spent in prayer. There's a lot of molding and shaping and making yourself conform to the will and purpose of God. And I, I love and respect a man that is willing to go through that process so that God can use him to God's fullest extent. And God has used him here at Grace. And uh, we are going to look at our calendars today and hopefully we'll be able to set a date of at least two weeks, perhaps more, in September or October of this year. So Grace is going to go to work and uh, we're going to have guests with us people that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and what have you the next time he comes. That's what we're about. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. That's what he wants, Brother Holland wants to see. So we're going to go to work and uh, we'll have him come back. I'm assuming he'll come back after some things has happened. You know, I took him to Pie Pies to eat and, you know, we're cheap and cheesy and what have you, but I hope he'll come back. But uh, I love and appreciate this man, and I'm happy to say that everything I've heard about him is true. Would you welcome Brother Jerry Holland as he comes to preach the Word of God this morning? Thank you, Pastor, for those, those words. Thank you, Church, for the response you've given God the last two services. It's like somebody fixing a meal nobody shows up to eat it it's like preaching and nobody comes forward to taste of it but thank you for the response you didn't know me I didn't know you that's kind of a challenge when you step into a church and there's never been any kind of contact with the majority of the people but you've done well your music department has excelled uh, these last two services and this morning is, has been no different thank you Sister Casey is that right Casey? Well, I'm proud of myself. I remembered something like names, but uh, what a great job that this worship team has done. I thank uh, the sound engineers who have helped us. Doesn't that sound good instead of sound people, sound engineers? Y'all owe me one for that, all right? Yeah, you owe me one. But they've done such a good job of keeping the sound so that you can, you can hear. Uh, you know, thank God we're past the Radio Shack days. We used to. Some of y'all don't remember that, but we used to have the most horrid sound systems in church, and we got the best message to preach. And we go buy a Radio Shack microphone and a Radio Shack amp and try to try to somehow expect that to work. But we've come a long way, baby. 
My Lord, we've got screens and we've got video projections and we've got comfortable churches and we've got tremendous leadership and we've got some of the best saints in the world. Let's talk. Yeah, oh, that's better. Why didn't you give me this the other night? Good God. But uh, thank you, Brother and Sister Murphy. What great host and hostess they are. And I know you know this, but just in case you forget it in the midst of your confusions and conflicts, I believe as the Apostle Paul said, when I tell you the truth, you don't like it. I can tell you. And people get a little upset when the pastor has to say certain things to them. But in the last two days, I have felt the, the confidence that this pastor has in this church. And he knows who he is, and he knows where he's going. And uh, you're very blessed to, to be part of this church. If I wasn't part of it, I'd want to sign up for it today. I would, but, uh, amen. That's, that's true. <clears throat> So for all of our guests, we say thank you. And the only thing between you and lunch is me. Understand that. But I want to close out these three services with Mark chapter 6 and verse 53 in your reading. What God has already done is not compared to what God's going to do in this service today. That was just a little breath that God breathed through here a while ago. <laughs> he just kind of gave us an appetizer. That's all God did. The main course is yet to be served because he is going to do wonderful, wonderful things. I give honor to the ministerial staff and all those that make this place tick, those who keep this church clean and all the wonderful things. You, This just... Y'all don't give me many amens when I get started. Y'all do well afterwards. But this place just, it was a dream. It was a vision. It was a passion. 17 or 16, 17 years ago, somebody believed that I could take 8 or 10 people and bring 175 together. That took vision. Vision to do that. So every once in a while, brag on Dad over here. Just every once in a while, just brag on him. 6 and 50. Three says, when they had passed over, they came into the land of Genesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him. They ran. They ran that whole region round about. Can you imagine such an electricity, a magnetism that the whole region round about began to carry about in the beds those that were sick. Where they were heard, where they heard he was. And wheresoever he entered into the villages or cities or country, they laid them in the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many, as many as touched him were made whole. He went that region, heard about him, and drew themselves to Jesus. Once this church, as this church continues to gravitate toward the presence of God, people will gravitate toward this church. You need to understand that. The more you gravitate toward Him, the more people will sense the presence and the magnificence of God in this church and be drawn. So for just a few moments, and if you're timing me, it's 1135. You'd be surprised at people that do that. I know I've had them say, well, you was up there 40 minutes. And I said, that's the best 40 minutes you ever spent in your life. I've got to get some of y'all to laugh. You're staring at me like, what's he going to do? Let's thank God for what he's going to do here right now. Lord God, we thank you for the power of your presence. We thank you for your word that's already working. God, thank you for the worship that has brought us captivated unto you. I thank you because you have chosen us to be here. You are magnificent and holy and awesome. We have given your name the praise that is deserved. We gave you worship to honor you for who you are. So now we expect and believe that you are going to do mighty and great things among us. 
in the name of Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus, Jesus knew that these days would come. He knew that the days of pressure and disappointments, Jesus knew that the days of delays and the times of feeling trapped would come into your life. He was cognizant to understand that diseases would get hold of our bodies. This, this morning I was checking Facebook, which I do several times a day because people are crazy. And I like to listen to what crazy people put on Facebook. It just uh, it just gets so, but it wasn't, and, and this one was not crazy. And a pastor's wife who they passed her over near Columbia. It's Brother Rocco, Brother Kenny Rocco, and his wife is seriously, seriously ill right now. She has pneumonia, and they, they called the family in a while ago, and they, they've had to do some serious uh, looking into what they're going to do in the next few hours. And, and, and I thought of how that is just one among many people People who are in hospitals or churches or somewhere today that need the hand of God on their life. I don't know about you, but if I ever needed the Lord before, I sure do need Him now. Oh, that's got to be something that is an acclamation, a declaration from our lives today. If I ever needed the Lord, I don't want to just need Him when I'm sick. I just want to need Him when I'm well. I want to be addicted. Oh, I've got to help you. I want to be addicted to Jesus. (laughs) You hear me? I want to be addicted to His presence. I want to wake up with Jesus on my mind. I want to go to bed with Jesus on my mind. I, I want to feel his presence because I know that in his presence there's fullness of joy. In his presence you, you want to be happy, get in the presence of God. If you want to have joy, get in the presence of God. It's not who you're dating. It's not if you win the lottery. It's, it's not if you make the basketball team. It's, it's not who you get to go to the prom with you. If you go, I don't care. But it doesn't really matter. It's just when you get, well, that, that went over just like that. I, I can tell that. It's okay, baby. You're going, it'll be all right. Yeah. But something about the presence presence of the Lord brings me near him. Once you get a taste of him, honey, you can't ever be happy tasting anything else. Once you get in what we're in here right now, it makes you want to keep coming back to that. And, and that's what has to happen to us. We have to understand how precious that he is and how lovely that he is. And, and some people go in and out of the presence of God with not being affected by that. I don't want to get so used to getting near God's presence that it's just a moment and I'm done. I want there to be an insatiable desire for God in my life. I, uh, that's what's got to happen to you if you're going to overcome. If you're going to overcome, there has to be something that so grips. If you're going to overcome the seduction of this world, if you're going to overcome the power of darkness that's trying to surround, if you're going to overcome the sickness and the disease and the divorce and the delays and the denials, if, if you're going to overcome anything in this world, you have to stay close to Jesus. And so if I would title this today, I would probably use the word, the miracle is in closeness. The miracle is in closeness. Now, I know how people are because I be one of you. It's amazing how people look at preachers and say, well, he he ain't human. Oh, I wish I wasn't as human as I am. I I don't like being as human as I am. but, But there's something about I have learned that you have to do just the opposite of what the devil tells you to do. You can't give in to what he says. That's why when the devil says don't worship, you've got to get on your feet and holler, hallelujah. When you come to the house of God and you don't feel like doing anything, you've got to tell the devil. If the devil says don't give, you give as much as you can give. If the devil says don't pray, you've got to say, oh, devil, I thank you for reminding me that I haven't prayed today. Because the devil... It's trying to circumvent the presence of God in your life. That's why I've watched people in church. You know, you can look at them and tell them nobody's home. You can see that. You just you look in their eyes and think, man, you ain't at church. You're fixing something somewhere. You're worried about if you're going to beat so-and-so to the, to the restaurant. You, you're worried about the business meeting tonight. You know, people just come to church and all kind of things on their mind. Can I get an amen? It, but I've watched and I've had people tell me, Brother Holland, when I get in church, you can't imagine the things that go through my mind when I come to church. 
I mean, it's like all of hell tries to break down and break into my mind because the enemy knows when you get to church what's going to happen, especially when you get in the presence of the Lord. And so the devil is trying to keep you from getting close to Jesus. That's why you have to deny the enemy having entrance into your mind. That's why you have to bring your mind under total captivity to the presence of Christ because when you sit in church everything can go through your mind what you don't have, what you should have done where you should have been all those silly things the devil tries to put on you because he knows if you ever get close to Jesus what's going to happen he knows if you ever touch him what's going to be given unto you and that's why the enemy is so set to take some of you in this service so set to keep you from the presence of God. You'd be surprised at how much the enemy uses children or uses little silly things around you or something you have against somebody or something that somebody said just before you walk in the church. You, you ought to just look at your husband or wife and say, I love you, baby. Yeah, well, some of y'all didn't want to do that because it didn't go real good this morning, I can tell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, isn't that just like the devil, Pastor? To right before you come to church, start a conflict. While you're getting dressed, just let something be said that will soil that service for you. Oh, the, 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 the enemy that is so subtle, so sly and crafty to try to keep us because he knows we're in a miracle for you service. He knows that anything can take place this morning. He knows that you can speak something here and it'll be done there. He knows that if you have faith today that you can find money tomorrow. I ain't got time to get all into that. But you've got to understand God's for you. God is for everything that you do if you understand. It's about Him. It's not for you, but it's about God. And when your finances and your faith and your life and your family and everything evolves around Jesus Christ and what He gives me, I give back to Him. It's one circular motion. It's a cycle that when I give, it cycles back. When I love, it cycles back. And everything we do is in that cycle. It's in that solar realm of God. And some people have failed to understand that when I give it to God, it automatically starts the motion of coming back. And when you fail to give to God. God says, wait a minute. I can't let the motion continue because you're not giving it. I can't give it to you. And so when we come to the house of God, the enemy tries to penetrate our faith and he tries to put you on edge. He tries to make you feel like this can't happen and this won't happen. But when you draw nigh to God, it says, I will draw nigh to you. We sing some crazy songs in Pentecost. Some of them that I don't even sing with y'all no more because I don't like them. I mean, draw me near, 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 precious Lord. It's not a biblical song. And we've sung it for years, Rev. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross. No, the writer said, if you draw nigh to God, I'll draw nigh to you. That's why when you're in church, you can't afford to sit there like a mummy. You can't afford to sit there as though that there's, no, no, no. It's got to be something that you draw nigh to God because I know that if I can get you close to Him today, something's going to happen to your life. I know that if I can get you close to Him, that the thing that you're concerned about and overwhelming you right now will be aborted. But somewhere I have to get you past your past. Oh, and that's hard to do because we bring a lot of baggage from our past to our present. Yeah, we do. We bring a lot of things right here, right now, and we don't want to look go. It's almost that, that I have a right to feel this way. I have a right to feel bad. I have a right to feel hurt. They left me. They, they left me alone. I, I am by myself. I don't have the finance I need. And if you're not careful, you can almost justify yourself of sitting there like a mannequin. I'm not getting on you at all, please. But somewhere we almost think, i got a right to feel the way that I do. Preacher, if you knew what I'm going through, you wouldn't be able to get your hands up either. If you knew the phone call I got just before I came to church, if you 
you knew what's on my table that has to be paid by the 15th of the month, if you knew the, the papers that are given to me that I'm going to have to make a decision on what we're going to do the first of the month, you wouldn't be able to praise God either. But let me tell you, that's exactly what the enemy is trying to promote and provoke in your life. He's trying to provoke that God forsook you. He's trying to provoke you into having lack of faith and energy. And if he can shut you down from getting close to Jesus, then you'll never have the faith that you need and you'll never commit your past to God and you'll never have the financial endowments that God wants to give to you because it takes faith to overcome this world. It takes faith to get past your hurts. It takes faith to get past your sickness. It takes faith to believe that God is still God in all things. It takes faith to believe that God is still in control of my life. It takes faith to believe that you can take a licking and go on ticking. It takes faith to believe that what I have in my hand is not what I'm going to have in my hand. It takes faith to do that, but you have to get close to Him before you can ever believe that. And it's my job this morning and duty and delight is to bring you so close to him uh, that you could breathe his breath and you could feel his energy. It's my delight today somehow to get you so close. You see, I don't, I don't, mind, I don't mind saying things because what I say, the Lord helps me to say. And when I say it, it's not depending upon me. It's depending upon the person who receives it, whether it happens or not. That, that's not a cop-out. I've had people say, Brother Holland said this to me, and it didn't come to pass. It doesn't just rely upon what I say. It also relies upon what you believe. Mm, that's good right there, yeah. And what people do. And, I, and I, told, I told Sister Murphy's dad last night. I didn't have any problem telling him what I told him. I don't even know if they remember it, but I remember it. I said, God is going to cover you and overwhelm you. And I said, it is going to be as though it never happened. I don't, that's okay. If you don't applaud, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother me. That doesn't give it more credence. But I just know that as he believes that it's going to be that in the latter years, if it's six more months or three more years, the thing that he has faced, it's going to be as though it never was. And, honey, it's not what happens to you. It's how you let it affect you. And some of you are sitting here today and you're saying, okay, is there a magic wand that you can wave? Is, is there something that, that you, no, 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 it's nothing like that. If it was a magic wand, I'd buy a semi-load and pass them out everywhere I went. It's not a magic wand. It's just a little seed called faith. A seed that you can't hardly see. I got hundreds of them in my briefcase. And every once in a while, I, I give them out. And sometimes that little mustard seed, you can't hardly even see it. It is though when you put on your finger and it falls to the floor. It's gone, especially when you're my age, 35 or 40, what, whatever that I had. It's kind of hard to see that seed. And sometimes it's hard to see yourself out of this. It's hard for you to see what you were and where you are now to ever becoming. You need to hear this. Where you were to where you are now to ever believe that you can become more than what you used to be. Now, sir, you need to receive that. I could walk to you right now and tell you who that's for, but I won't embarrass you because you need to receive that. And what happens to us, we see ourselves in the light of what we were instead of in the light of what we're going to be. And you have to understand that we're all in transition and God is trying to make that transition as easy as it can but it's not often easy to transition from one phase to another phase. It's not easy to transition from one sickness we got out of and now all of a sudden I'm facing something else. It's not easy to transition from the glory of God to the glory of God because the enemy stands in the middle. Would you two men come right now? I know you love my preaching. You've told me that several times. Well I just lied but I'm sorry but, but, but there's something about because in between, think you stand there and you stand there, and I'll try not to step on your hundred dollar shoes, okay? And and all of a sudden, you're trying to move, and there's opposition, and it's there's a temptation to want to go back. But I'm telling some of you today that you can't go back. You cannot go back. 
I've never done this before in my life. The Holy Ghost just quickened and said, put two people up there. Because what you don't understand is God is building a wall and a resistance behind you because he does not want you to think that you have to go back to what it was to have what it's supposed to be. But if I could just go back to my childhood, if I could go back to that experience, if I could go back to that church where I grew up, if I could go back to the magnitude, but I believe the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, I have put something behind you, and I am not letting you go back. But what I'm going to do is give you the faith to face what's before you. And I I will move out of your way what's in front of you because I have a way for you to live and a victory for you to win but you have to have the faith and get close to me and believe I can do that for you thank you fellas thank you and that's where some of you are I can go back and remember my early childhood days I sat in the front row like you're sitting here and I don't know how old are you 20, 21, something like that 30, I don't know something like that But I, I remember sitting on the front row how old are you that's about how old I was. How old are you? Fourteen. That's about, and the pastor's son and I were sitting on the front row and we're writing notes. But we're doing it on the front row, not the back, okay? you got to be gutsy to write notes on the front row. Yeah. And I'm writing and I said, we're in revival in Africa. I'm 12 years old. And a hundred people just got the Holy Ghost. And I'd pass it to him and he'd write it. He said, I'm in revival wherever it was. And he said, 150 just got the Holy Ghost. And I thought, wow, you just gave 50 more than I did. And so I wrote him back, and I said, I'm in Africa, and a 1,000 just got the Holy Ghost. And he'd write me back, and we did that. For and I said, I'm in revival, and three people just got raised from the dead. And that was at 12 years old. Now, you know why I believe what I believe? You know why I preach the way I preach? is because I ultimately believe that when Jesus Christ said, I have all power over all of the enemy, and what I have, I give to you you. I believe that there's everybody in this building that has the power to overcome anything in your life. If you have the Holy Ghost in you, you have power. You have power over the enemy. I said you have power, the, but the enemy... I'm, I'm trying to slow down so you can understand me today. I, I just think that some people have reduced themselves to unbelievers and doubters where they don't believe that God can work through them, that God is going to deliver them, that this is not your God's final answer, and the devil is not going to destroy you. But what he does, he keeps you and pulled away from his presence. And like this morning when we should be getting in there, we sometimes become bashful and backward, and we don't move into the vicinity of God's presence when when we get there anything can happen and we want to try somehow some of you have got to understand that it's beyond you it's beyond you you have to move forward in your faith just because God didn't heal you does not mean God's not going to heal you and just because you haven't had an increase in your finances does not mean God will not give you an increase in your finances and just because you're struggling mentally and physically does not mean you'll always do that I have to get you today and I have to bring you into the presence of the Lord and I have to have you embrace him and say Jesus I will not let you go I've got to have your touch I need the Holy Ghost in my life my heart needs healed my mind needs renewed I need you Jesus more than I need anything in my life I need you somebody say I need you Jesus I need I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you, Jesus. Somebody say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I can't get through this without you. I need you. You know, we're good at camouflaging. We're really good. We are. We, we, somebody says, how are you doing? And before you open your mouth, you're getting ready to tell a lie. Say, hello. The only reason we get by with that is because we say, well, I'm just speaking by faith. No, you ain't. You're speaking lies. Well, how you feel? Oh, I feel great. You're just, you're not. Let's just face it. We're not all doing well. 
This is yes. We're not all on top of it. Things aren't working out. Life hasn't been fair. We got more questions than we do have answers. We didn't think it ought to be at this time of life. We thought we should have been further down the road than we are now. We thought by serving God the way we served him, that things would be easier than they are. You didn't think you would have the challenges that you had now. You thought when you spoke in tongues that the Spirit of God came on you and you got baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, you thought that, hey, from now on, everything's just going to be wonderful. I, I won't have any more challenges. I want to tell you that the, the Bible teaches us that Jesus spoke and said in the world you're going to have going to have the only thing that has salvaged my mind and my spirit though is staying close to God the only thing that keeps any of us is staying close to the Lord and saying God I these challenges are too big for me I don't know how to raise children I don't know how to raise family I I don't know how to be successful I don't know how to accept those things that are against me I I don't know how my mind is is too impaired I don't know how and if you're here today and you're not staying close to Jesus I don't know how in the world that you even got your right mind right now how in the world that you can even exist and wake up. You say, well, I'm just, a, I'm just bold. I, I've got great positive mental attitude. I, I know who I am. I, I've got a strong resolve. I just face it. I just make it, really? You go to the doctor, and the doctor says, man, I'm sorry. We didn't see that coming. You've got three months to live. Tell me what kind of resolve you have. Let your baby get sick of fever, and all of a sudden, that baby's taken from you, and you let me tell you, folks, you better have a strong resolve when life sends you a curve that you can't hit. And that's why I'm preaching to you this morning. Is that going to happen? Probably not to the majority of you in this church, but it does happen to some people. But maybe it's not a baby, and maybe, but maybe it's a job. Maybe it's an investment. Maybe it's a career move. Maybe it's something that you trusted. Maybe it's a family member that rejected you, and rejection is a big thing to us. Maybe it decided that it was not supposed to be, and now I know what the Holy Ghost. I've said so many things to you people that exactly where you're living today. I don't even know you, but that's where you're living right now. And you're trying to decide. Some of you are trying to decide, am I going on or am I going back? There are some of you here today that you haven't made up your mind what you're going to do with what you're going through. You haven't. And so you sit here today. I could pick out three couples, three couples that are facing some severe conflict, not that you don't love one another, but the enemy has set a target on your back and has been striking against you and trying to convince you that it's just not what it was supposed to be. And the things you've been saying to one another and the actions toward one another is speaking those words that are words that have become so invoking with fear and doubt and unbelief until in your spirit the enemy has told you, I'm not sure it really is going to work. But in the name of Jesus, I stand bold against the spirit of divorce and the spirit of separation and the spirit of, uh, of, of not joy and peace. I stand because the enemy is set, you hear me, he's set to devour the church and devour the family. I've pastored enough years, 25 years altogether, and evangelized 14. I know that the seed of defection is sown a long time before the act of desertion. Even in a walk with God, that seed of defection, and you can see it on people, Pastor, it doesn't take long, and that seed is there. And all of a sudden, the act of desertion and then they miss one service, and then miss another, and they miss one prayer meeting, then another prayer meeting, and, and they miss one class, another class. All of a sudden, you don't even see them. And you go to talk to them, and you say, why? Why aren't you coming? And all of a sudden, there's this defense. There's this wall there. And where they used to could say, hey, pastor, how you doing? Oh, I love you, man. And now it's just, hey, hey brother, how are you? What have we been missing? Yeah, I know. How come you've been missing? I don't know. Just... Just one of those times in my life. The only way that we're going to survive today 
whether it's healing, whether it's coming out of some things. When, when, when I saw you today and the brother told me you were coming, I said, now, God, I have nothing to do with what you do for him. You are the almighty God. If you don't say amen, look amen, okay? You're the almighty God. There's nothing you can't do. I've had people say, but Brother Holland, what if somebody comes in there crippled or blind? What if they come in wheelchairs? What are you going to do? I say, what do you mean what am I going to do? What? Are you crazy? But does it put you on the spot? Me? What do you mean me on the spot? Does it put me on the spot? First of all, he didn't have to come to start with. His faith wanted to be here. Do I know what God's going to do? Absolutely not. Do I know what God can do? Absolutely. But I do know that God will do something. I don't know the magnitude of it, but I do know that God will do something, whether it's better breathing, whether it's arms that will move, whether it's feet that will be straightened out. I don't know what he's going to do, but he just told me I'm going to do something for him today that's going to give his faith some groundwork that he can launch from. So when y'all prayed for him, he already did something. I, I don't know if it's in the lungs, or back, I, I don't know. It may just be in his mind. But let me tell you, the one thing I can't lose is my faith. I can't lose that. And when the devil causes you to lose your faith, that something happens in you and you don't even believe God anymore. And that's where some people in this building of God, you're not even sure that you believe God anymore. That's why you don't ask God. There's some of you that there's such a miracle that would take place in your life, but you're not really sure God's going to do that. And that's why some of you ask for small, insignificant. You're afraid to ask God for the $10,000 blessing or the six-figure job. That's why some of you are so afraid to say, God, I don't like this cracker box we're living in. I I think you could give me a four-bedroom with about 2400 square feet and a fenced backyard you see we don't do that because we don't ask God to do things we don't believe he'll do and I feel like this church is going to get to a level in the next few months that when I come back that you're going to be on your tiptoes and you're going to say God I do believe I had just settled for a little but I'm going to start expecting much I had settled for just nothing when you said I can have everything but I've got to get close to you i got to feel your power i got to feel your faith. I got to have the energy. And you'll never think like Christ till you get near Christ. Like people who are, I'm, I'm trying to hurry so y'all can get out of here. But, but there's just something about it. There are people I love to be around. Then there's some people I don't want to be around. Oh, I got y'all on that one, didn't I? Good. There's some people when you get near, I don't know why I'm picking on you, but I am. I ain't going to pick too much, but he's a big man, buddy. That's it. Oh, my God. Big old boy. Uh, Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I want you to breathe in right now. I want you to inhale the presence of him. What he is and what he can do. I want you to know that God will never fail, but it has been thy lack of faith, it has been thy lack of trust. Because God did not answer quickly, and because he did not, it caused your faith to be a little shaken of whether God would at all. And that's why there's not been that pursuit in your life as it should have been. And that's why you have lingered and waited on the side wondering what should I do and where should I go. But as you breathed in just now the command of the man of God, you breathed in something that shall be in your life and in your body and in your spiritual being. And the eyes that have been clouded and the heart that has been away and the mind that has been troubled. I thank you, Jesus, that you will allow this man to rise up and put behind him and under his feet everything that's tormented and tantalized him, tempted him. I thank you, God, that he shall arise and not just bigness and physical stature, but there shall be growth and stamina and strength in their spiritual being. And what people said he could never become, it shall arise. For if he will today, he will be strong in the Lord. For the Lord shall perform that.
thing that I have spoken unto Jesus. And getting close to God is a challenge because there's all kind of interferences in our life. There's just there's things we're not sure of. And the things we're not sure of, we usually back away from. And so when a preacher said, God can and God can perform, there's not anything that he cannot do. Just help me on the, on the keyboard. I'm, I'm going to close here just, just a second. And getting close to the Lord is something that we want to do it, but we're just not sure how to do it. There's not anybody in this building that does not want to get close to God. But disappointment can become a betrayal of trust. And some of you all have been disappointed. I'm very careful how I address things in this church at this time. I'm not ignorant of things. But I'm not just talking about one thing here. I'm talking about a magnitude of things here. But some of you will have been disappointed because it didn't work out. And now your trust factor, the trust level, is just not where it ought to be. There's some of you at one time, you have believed God so strong. And now it's so hard to even ask God for something that you have to trust him totally for. There's some of you at one time, you weren't afraid to ask for the mountain. You weren't afraid to ask for that which was so far beyond your reach. But now, you're just afraid, well, what if I ask God and he doesn't do it? But God speaks through me to tell you that he's brought you to this service to help you understand that if you'll draw close to me, quit believing what people say about you. Quit believing what they have determined that you'll become. You can't listen to everybody and believe God. You can't listen to the devil and believe God. He'll tell you that that pain is cancer. He'll tell you that naught is cancer. He'll tell you that the things you see is going to be the ruin of your life. And there's some of you here today that you're believing the report of the enemy instead of the report of God. I prayed over some of you in the last few services that I knew that God intimately and intricately was trying to speak to your spirit. I knew that. It's just like this blonde-headed lady in the black outfit that I don't even know her name. All I know is she's here on a Sunday morning. But what I do know all those struggles that you thought you didn't need to go through and all the pain that you felt and all the trying that you've been trying to do and you feel effortless and like, God, what more can I do? God told me to tell you that you don't need to do nothing else. All you need to do is this Sunday morning is gird up the loins of your mind and say, God, I thank you that I didn't lose my mind and lose my faith and lose more than I did. I thank you for letting me keep what I kept. But God is saying that I'm about ready to put my hand in a situation that you thought I had my hand not on. And says God's going to put his hand on it. And very carefully, he will maneuver some things in your life and your family. And when it's done, when it comes off, you won't be able to see it as it's progressing. But when God's hand comes off, says, it will be renewed and restored. God's covering some things from you now because you would not be able to understand what he's doing. But he's going to do it. Won't you come? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So God, as you work it out, it will establish something in this lady's life. God, it will lift her to a place of faith that the enemy no longer will be able to tantalize and torment her. And God, when you do this, it will establish this family and it will establish her faith. And there will be no more wavering and wandering and wondering, but there will be such a connection between her and you. Uh, 
For God, you're for your established things today, establishing things today in this lady's life. In the name of the Lord. Would you mind standing all over this building with me today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I believe it says, I believe you. Why don't you just lift your hands for just a moment with me all over this building. Would you mind just praise him? I'm not finished yet, but I want us to thank God for what he's doing for this lady right here, right now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar, Lord. Devil, you're a liar, Lord. The devil's a liar. Devil. Amen. Come here, buddy. Amen. Jesus, I thank you that as I lay hands upon the head, it will be as though it's upon his mind. And God, I, I know very little. I just know what you spoke to me when I looked at his eyes while I go preaching. But Lord, when I take my hand off, I will also take things off that have been overpowering. I will take things off, God, that has tried to say that it will never be what has been, will never be, and it can never be any better than it ever was. But God, you're about to empower. This young man's life and establish things within him, and the Lord of the glory shall be upon thee, and thou shalt arise, and thy enemy and thy enemy will be cast down, and thy voice will be heard, and the enemy shall be afraid of what thou shalt pray. I thank you, Jesus, as we draw nigh to you. You will give us. You will. You will. As I take my hand off, God will take from you the thing that have overwhelmed, and thou shalt be able to rejoice and be glad in it. In it. God shall perform it. God shall perform it. God shall perform it. God shall perform it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Our faith is moving forward. Our desires are moving forward. We're moving forward. Ah, I'm going to draw close. That's where my miracle is. My miracle is when I get close to you. I pray people all over this building right now. I pray you start getting close to the Lord. I pray that you will right now acknowledge Him as being holy and close to where you are. I pray that your hands will be given under God. Come on, let's lift them before the Lord. Lord, I draw close to you right now. I can't heal myself. I can't give myself a financial blessing. I do not have, I know how to overcome this thing in my life. I don't know how to get out of what I got myself into. I don't know how to break the bondages in my life. But I do draw close to you right now. Your word can set me free. Your word can loosen the chains off my life. Your word can set me free from the powers of my past. I thank you, Jesus, that you set me free right now. You set me free. Uh, Speak the word to my spirit, and I shall be free. Speak the word to my family, and it shall come together. Speak the word to my servant, and I yell of a show call. Draw close. Draw close. don't have time to finish this today but when they got close to Jesus Jesus set them free when they got close to Jesus he healed them of their diseases I have to bring you close to Jesus and I spent 43 minutes 10 minutes more than I usually preach spent 43 minutes trying to get you close to Jesus 
because I know if I can get you away from your fears and unbelief and your past and inhibitions, if I can get you past that and I can get you close to Jesus, you're talking about making a difference in your life. You're talking about raising you up. It's just getting close to Jesus. I'm not him. No, no, no. But I'm his representative today. And I believe that as I draw close. Thank you, Jesus. And we draw close to the Lord today. God, I thank you for giving her strength in her body and in her mind and her spirit. I thank you for the faith that she does have in you. The faith that she's had for years in you. And I don't want the enemy to dwarf that faith at this time of her life. But let her still believe that your hand is upon her. And let there be no fears that overwhelm her and overtake her. But let there be a consciousness that you walk out of here with her. And you go to a place of residence with her. And she shall wake up in your presence. And oh God, I thank you for overwhelming her with such a presence of you. That this tongue cannot speak the words she has learned. But this tongue will be so enthralled by your spirit that she'll begin to speak in the language that you give her. There will be such an empowerment. I thank you for the overwhelming power of God. I'm drawing close. So I, I need you right now. I, I need you right now. I need you right now to do whatever you do to get close to God. I know some people that they feel very close to God when they kneel. I know some people feel very close to God with weeping. Some people very close to God with waving their hands. I don't, I don't know what your connect point is to Him. But all I know is that, Pastor, we started this service today, and He showed up. But I have to bring some of you close to Him. Because the enemy will deceive you if you do not. Would you begin to walk up these aisles with me? And there'll be some that I'll lay hands on. That's why I want as many as I can that's physically able to walk up in front of this church. Would you mind doing that? Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you're not able, I understand. Or if it's uncomfortable for you, I understand that. Please don't, don't, don't feel like this is some command or demand. It's not. It's not. It's just a suggestion. If you'd like to come with us up here. Because God is going to do some works in your life. God is going to perform some things upon you, God. Because we're going to draw close to the Lord. I need the ministry to come down here with me if you don't mind. And we're going to try to lay hands upon as many people that's in the front of this building and in this church as we possibly can. Lay hands open. If you don't pray a long prayer, but I want I want everybody that, that's here today, I, I want you to have hands laid upon you. I, I, I just believe that there's going to be a connection from this ministry that when they lay hands upon you, it's going to quicken something in your life. It's going to instill something into your spirit. It's going to be as though that we have become that extension of God's hand and when we lay it upon you it's going to be like the Lord touched your life so maybe some of y'all could start on that side and, and mourn that but if you didn't get hands laid on you be sure that you look at someone and say I want you to lay hands upon me today I, I want you come on let's in. we're going to pray over you right now in the name of the Lord God I thank you I, I thank you for the help that you give I want a spirit to flow upon some of you. I want you to begin to speak in tongues. Uh, it'll flow out of you if you let it right now. You can't get close to him and not feel his power. You can't draw nigh and not feel his virtue. Somebody feel virtue from him into your body right now. Feel the virtue of the Lord into your body. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus.
closeness. The miracle is in closeness. The miracle is in closeness. 